said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, we have a lot to cover. We're going to be covering uh, something that's happening with uh, the Biden, Hunter Biden um, investigation. Uh, turns out that James Comer uh, issued a new subpoena. And Hunter is going to have to give that deposition after all. What up with the delays, though? You know, why does he get to do the delays? And why is he not still having to go to court and be subjected to violating the order of a subpoena? Like every other American would be. Like the Trumps would be. But the Trumps, you know, they obliged, right? They abided by the the uh, man, the uh, demands of the left, even though there was no crime there. Here with Hunter Biden, there's been all kinds of FARA violations, federal, which are federal violations, gun charge, gun uh, violations. It turns out that with the gun that they tried to bury, uh, there was a crack cocaine or something like that residue on the gun. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not just like, were you, are you under the influence? Are you doing drugs? Which would be something that, like, you shouldn't have a gun if you're, like, high on crack. There was crack on the gun when they found it. So Hunter's uh, business associates scheduled to sit for transcribed interviews. Amer- uh, Mervin, Mervin Yan, Rob Walker, Eric Schwerin, Joey Langston, Tony Bobolinsky. Remember Tony Bobolinsky gave a long interview with uh, Tucker Carlson? So, you know, the the key point to this whole thing, and we talked about this before, is that they've now determined that the laptop is legit. All those sexual videos that were put out in the in the lead up to the election. One of them had. One of them had uh, Hunter sleeping with naked. 
one of Obama's daughters. I think it was Malia or something like that. And they had uh, lines of cocaine with Malia's J.P. Morgan credit card. I don't know how you would know what her credit card is, but they had it. And they were cutting it up and they buried that. Nobody ever talks about that. It's like, here's her credit card cutting cocaine. And then there she is naked with a mole on her leg that matched up with a mole on her leg when she was wearing a bikini by a pool. I mean, the stuff that's going on in D.C. is just like it would make your head spin if you knew. And these same people get up there wearing their pledge pins and and lapel pin, pledge lapel pins and and acting holier than thou and casting a dispersions upon Trump while they talk out of both sides of their mouth. It's it's hard to swallow. It's hard to you know just it's hard to comprehend that. So we're going to go ahead and start the audio early here because we we have a lot of things we want to talk about, but. Um, I want to I want to play this because uh, this is uh, James Comer talking about this new subpoena. We issued a new subpoena because we wanted to make sure everything was done right. The old subpoena had an old date, so we make sure every I's dotted and T's crossed. And because we've done this investigation the right way, we're getting everything we wanted. We wanted Hunter Biden to come in and answer questions. Uh, we have a lot of questions, and now he's going to have to come in and sit down and, and answer specific questions about specific transactions, specific meetings. Uh, he's going to have to answer to uh, interviews that we've conducted with some of his former associates. And uh, we're going to see what level of involvement Joe Biden had in these Biden family schemes. Well, well let's talk about it. what do you think the odds are that he's going to want to plead the fifth and his attorney, Abby Lowell, is not going to let him say a word. Is, that's a possibility, correct? It, it is a possibility, but look, uh, they've been saying, they've been doing all these publicity stunts, saying they wanted to uh, get the truth out, they wanted to, to speak publicly. Well, all right, you're going to come in for this deposition, you're going to have an opportunity to answer questions. Hunter Biden's going to have an opportunity to defend his good name. And if he pleads... Opportunity is the key role there. See, opportunity. He's going to plead the... I, I have a feeling he's going to plead the fifth. So that's uh, what they're talking about here. The fifth? And, and refuses to answer the questions, I think the American people can assume that this family has been on uh, on the take for a long time from our enemies around the world. So it's we're going to give theater. Hunter Biden due process. He's going to come in. But I think at the end of the day, this is a huge victory for the House Oversight Committee. This is exactly what we wanted. And Hunter Biden learned that when you do things the right way, uh, that you don't get to uh, make your own rules. Uh, we're treating him I I, like... Go ahead, Sean. You know, you're treating him like you, like everybody else. I got it. Um, all right. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how you explain away a phone call uh, uh, just five days before his father goes to Ukraine. Well, we know we know about all that. So um, I, I didn't I haven't even heard that. I just wanted to get a, a soundbite uh, that was um, I, I haven't listened to this whole interview and I'm, we're not going to listen to the whole thing, but. Uh, the main thing is I wanted you to hear from the horse's mouth, James Comer, uh, about the subpoena. I mean, I could have told you about it and you would have believed me. But uh, what I like to do is I like to get audio that supports, uh, well, that backs up what I'm saying. So 
legit, right? It's one thing to say it and then it's another to get the authority behind it to uh, totally um, support what you're saying. So I wanted to play this yesterday, too, when we ran out of time. Jamie Dimon just went on CNNBC and said people are voting for Trump because he was right about the economy, immigration, and China. He said this over in Davos. He says, I don't like how Trump says things, but he wasn't wrong about those critical issues. (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather have mean tweets and low gas prices than, you know, Joe Biden for sure, right? All right, folks, show. All right, so let's take a listen to this. This is really the best two minutes and 45 seconds you'll ever hear. Liberal, I mean, he's socially liberal, right? And he's fiscally moderate. But he is no Trump fan. None whatsoever. He was on that business thing too. Elon Musk, the guy, uh, Eisner, not Eisner, but um, the guy from Disney, Plus that was run the show and uh, and uh, Jamie Dimon all kind of left Trump in the wind with the business panel. And again, it's in part because the reason why they make these decisions is it's all about money. Like, for example, you take just just a side example, and this is not even related to politics, but you take. um the guy who owns the Dallas Mavericks and uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, in any case, so the guy who owns the Dallas Mavericks, he sold a big piece of it to this uh, family, the Adelsons. Um, <laughs> sounds like that family in Florida, right? But, um, and he sold that and a big portion of it, like 25%. Uh, and people were thinking, ah, he's going bankrupt. He's going down. No, it's because they want to actually build out a new arena because the arena that they're in is 20 years old and they want to incorporate casinos, <laughs> you know. So so they're naturally they're getting and Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys is into it. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban is his name. And um you know, so that's what that's what that's about. There's always a motivating factor, you know, and it's always about money, right? Money, 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 money. Um, so you could always see that. So like when they were leaving Trump in the in the in the in the lurch, in a sense, on that business panel, Elon Musk did as soon as Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement, the globalists who were pushing the using climate as the way to profit right now i mean that's what jerry that's why john Kerry's just like race hustlers like al sharpton or jesse jackson when he was you know still around i mean he's still alive but i mean you know and uh the rainbow coalition keep keep hope alive all this stuff they were they were not sincere about helping black people they were sincere about profiting and and shame on them for doing so Right, they were race hustlers, right? Hucksters. Well, the same thing is true with these climate hucksters. Same thing, same playbook, just different topic. And that's all they're doing is they're pushing this crap, all for profit. I'm the only one that says it like this. The only one, the only place you're ever going to hear it, and it's true, 
And I don't know why more and more people don't get up on this. But <clears throat> I will say this. You're starting to hear a lot more anti-globalism now. But if, if for people that have been listening to the Scott Adams show, I've been talking about globalism as 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 an evil uh, threat to our freedom since since uh, before Trump was president. So I mean I don't know, man. You know, but we've been way ahead of the curve on that. But with uh, when Trump pulled out of the Paris Agreement and he started uh, calling out, you know people not paying their fair share with NATO and securing the uh, border and restoring peace in the Middle East and confiscating the black market oil running out of Iraq, the globalists had a, were, were, had a conniption, right? They were, they were beside themselves with anger. And they were basically saying, you know what? So long as you support Trump and you're on that business panel, we are going to de- we are going to do everything we can to hurt your business. And at the time, <clears throat> Elon Musk was teetering on bankruptcy with Tesla, and he would have gone bankrupt actually if it wasn't for the climate initiative. See, but Elon Musk finds himself in the middle of like uh, a real problem because Elon Musk is right in the middle of the conflict, of the world crisis, of the world conflict. What is that? He supports free speech, and he is vehemently against censorship. Okay, that's one. And two, he thinks that the existential threat to the world is depopulation. Not, uh, He thinks that depopulating the world is an existential threat. So the globalists, they think that depopulation is the key to the world. They think that climate is essential and depopulation, you know, less farting, less eating, less cow flatulence, less less of everything, right? Less uh, exhaust from your car, less of this, less of that, less, less people, less, less of everything else, right? So, okay, got it. And so they want depopulation. And they also want to censor. You know, that's all they're about is censoring. If you listen to Rebel News and their coverage of Davos, you will find that censorship it run, reigns supreme. So then, you know, let's now do the juxtaposition on that. Elon Musk also makes his chops with electric vehicles and believes wholeheartedly in solar panels and electric vehicles and batteries. Well, that's a problem, you know, uh, because he finds himself depending on the climate initiative to support and promote and supplement electric vehicles at the same time that he's opposed to their depopulation, and censorship. So he's caught in the middle of that. It's a very interesting conflict that's going on with Elon Musk. And that's why people can't really trust him wholeheartedly. You can't tell me, and you can't tell me that, that electric vehicles would be where they are today 
if it wasn't for all the government subsidies. Nobody wants that stuff. And even despite all of that, like you take in Chicago right now in the area, and they're talking about all these cold areas where these cars are just not performing well. But I go way beyond that. I think that the carbon footprint associated with battery manufacturing is huge. I also know that uh, in India and China, their their coal fire plants are going way up. The pollution, the consumption of oil, still in the world is still great. And people are going like, I look at all these car ads because I just I like cars, I like fancy cars and stuff. And I would never buy an electric car. I mean, unless I was living in Europe and uh, I only was using a car to get around the city, I would probably get one of those small little midget cars, right? And, and just electric car and, you know, who knows? But, you know, different different circumstances, you know, result in different things. I mean, the reason why streets are so narrow and... Uh, in uh, in Europe is because there were old streets. And the reason why cars are so small in Europe is because the streets are so narrow, right? I mean, it's just different circumstances. In America, we have these great big highways. So, but let's take a listen to this Jamie Dimon thing because this is great. This is over in Davos. This is probably one of the better endorsements that Trump has going for him right now. Let's take a look. And this is Jamie Dimon on CNBC where, guess what? I mean, that's where you want to get great feedback, reluctant feedback on a liberal network. You can't beat it. Um, how do you see the U.S. economy playing itself out over the next 12 months? This is an election year. We've yeah. talked a lot about what just took place in Iowa yeah. and trying to understand how the American public is going to feel about the economy may ultimately uh, dictate how uh, the president is decided. Yes, I agree with that. I, I think it's a mistake to assume that everything's hunky-dory. And, you know, and when stock markets are up, it's kind of like this little drug we all feel. Like, it's just great. You know? But remember, we've had so much fiscal and monetary stimulation, so I'm a little more on the cautious side, that we are facing a lot of things in, 20, in 24 or 25. And you, you mentioned Ukraine, the terrorist activity in Israel, the Red Sea, quantitative tightening, which I still question if we understand exactly how that works. I don't think we do. How QE actually worked, what the effect of negative, you know, zero rates was for all this time, uh, and obviously the politics. And, you know, and then the Ukrainian war is affecting oil, gas, food, migration. So you have all these very powerful forces that are going to be affecting us in 24 and 25. So if I was the government, I would be preparing for what I'm going to do about that, assuming things aren't good. And I just also want to point out, I, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you, if you travel this country, you know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year and Leslie Picker was on Spokane and Boise and Bozeman. People are growing. They're hungry to grow. They're innovating. It's, it's everywhere. It's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and, but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He was kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. 
He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Yeah. He was right about some of China. I don't. Th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues, and that's why they're voting for him. And and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done crazy. And, I mean, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? Jimmy, and, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but let's have an honest debate about the issues, right? But they don't want to do that because it doesn't add up for them. They can't sell what what they're pushing. They can't sell what they're pushing. They're evil. So here's a little bit more about Davos. This was pretty good. We're not going to listen to the whole thing because it's too long, but this was Jesse Waters. Uh He's been, uh, I don't, again, I don't, I'm not watching Fox News, um, but what, what I am doing is uh, getting these things off of X, some things that are pretty well articulated, and uh, Jesse Waters, uh, you know, um, uh, Laura Ingram is, is, uh, had a really good piece we're going to play today as well. Um, so let's just take a listen to this, though. It's an invite-only event. So Davos. you have to be somebody just to get through the door. And if you're in, <clears throat> guests are slapped with wristbands and divided by class. White with shiny blue means you're a VIP. Plain white, married to a VIP. Green, you're a VIP's escort. Not that type of escort. They don't get wristbands. At Davos, everyone feels special. But before they get to business, they have to break the DEI ice. My spirit name is Ozawa Makwa, which means brown bear in Ojibwe. My father is Algonquin, Métis, and Irish. My mother is African Jamaican and indigenous Jamaican. So I get to bring these intersections and these lenses to my work. And coming as a white man uh, of advanced age from a continental European background. Inclusion is about see me and hear me and make space for me. And so we should all be doing this because you can make a profit. Inclusion is profitable. Oh, so once they get through the spirit names and the white shaming, Davos gets to the heart of the issue. So, of course, they bring in the guy who invented the Internet. The fossil fuel polluters use a portion of their wealth from digging up dead things uh, from the earth and burning them in ways that destroy the future of humanity. They use some of their wealth uh, to confuse people. I get a little exercised about this. Uh, because I've watched it for a long time, and it's driven by pure greed. Pure greed. If we deploy uh, electric vehicles, solar, wind, batteries, green hydrogen, and the rest, and we get to true net zero, temperatures on the Earth will stop going up almost immediately. Gore is worth $200 bucks, <laughs> and his greed is infinite, <clears throat> because he's making money to save the world. The men who make money building the world, they're greedy. They should go bankrupt and be arrested for climate crimes. How'd Gore get to Davos, by the way? He didn't bicycle. And remember last year, he said we'd die from rain bombs? 
still waiting on the rain bombs. And once the mascot's finished, it's time to plan the future. Not their futures, your future. That order seems to know, know, uh, not be uh, the order anymore. We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. <laughs> a new world order. Sounds confusing. So what will that look like? But the point is you have nothing to be worried about. Well, unless you like to eat. In most of Asia, rice is still grown with traditional methods, which requires flooding the fields. And when you flood the fields, you, you basically kill the weeds with water, um, which sounds good, except it takes huge amounts of water. They basically decompose underwater, and when they do that, they release methane. And so actually rice production is one of the largest producers of methane, which is you know, many times more, more toxic in terms of greenhouse gas Give emissions. Give me a break. Rice is like the top crop in the world. What are they going to replace it with? Lab rice. Yum. Now, so what are the farmers and the fishermen going to do? Well, they don't need jobs because they'll be arrested. We have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. You know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. With Ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do, is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are, um, you know, producing energy and so on. It, what's missing... Did you get that? Ecocide. Ecocide. That's the new term now. It's not homicide. It's ecocide. ...is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage. Imagine you're taking your son fishing this weekend. <laughs> got your lines in the water. Next thing you know, you're in handcuffs for ecocide. <laughs> Those fish have constitutional rights. And if that doesn't work, we're still not at net zero you get slapped with a carbon footprint tax. I would say digital and sustainable need to go hand in hand. And what do I mean? Yeah? There are initiatives like we are driving as industries, Catena X, They're always we are drumming. trying <laughs> to measure the footprint throughout the value chain. And what would that give us? Yeah? I would have a bottle like this, yeah, and I yeah. could tell you from the iron ore to the logistics to the glass, what is the carbon footprint of this bottle? And then I could price it. And I could tell you now you are doing good because you now pay 20 cents more, but you are very conscious that you have a green product. Yeah? No, James yeah, Bond yeah. No. I have a hunch their products, like jets, escorts, and shrooms, will be exempt <laughs> from the carbon footprint tax. <clears throat> so forget about cheap gas, rice, and protein. You're not entitled to that. <laughs> you're also not entitled to an opinion. Disinformation is a security threat. And uh, maybe not many noticed, but it was part of the Russian military doctrine that they will start information war. And we are in it now. And disinformation is a very powerful tool. This, uh, we there are focusing on uh, uh, improving of the system oh. where the people will get the facts right. We don't speak about the opinions. facts. We are not correcting anyone's opinions or language. Yeah, this is about the facts. Oh, the old CIA Jedi mind trick. Label everything that gets in your way, like Trump or the truth, as Russia disinformation, which is a national security threat. 
and so therefore must be destroyed by the all-encompassing power of the national security state. Question the election or the effectiveness of electric cars. Now you're a national security threat. And you're on the list like the parents who raise their voices at school board meetings. So, you know what just would make everything much easier? If we just stop resisting and submit to mind control. Bringing the kinds of sensors that people have become accustomed to, such as rings and in watches, into everyday devices, but it breaches the final frontier of privacy, that is, what people are thinking and feeling. Initially, what they will be capable of doing is very high-level brain state reading. Things like, are you tired? Are you paying attention? Is your mind wandering? Are you happy or sad? Um, They maybe enable interaction like up, down, left, right. So slap some sensors on your forehead and let Davos read your thoughts. And if we're angry at Davos, up, down, left, right, now we're mellow. Don't you see? These are well-intentioned people. The people that brought us the first pandemic are now hard at work preparing for the second. There are things that are unknown that may happen. Disease X. And anything happening is a matter of when, not if. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. Um, so this is X is a placeholder for uh, unknown um, disease. You, you may even call COVID as the first disease X. And it may happen again. The guy who covered up the Chinese lab leak is getting his ducks in a row for the next Chinese lab leak. We're in good hands. How do I know? <clears throat> Because John Kerry said so. I am convinced beyond any doubt that because of the decisions being made in the marketplace now, because, I mean, you know as well as I do, even if, uh, you know, I don't want this, obviously, but if you wound up with a different president who was opposed to climate crisis, I got news for you. No one politician anywhere in the world can undo what is happening now. It's the biggest transformation in the economies of the world in all of human history. (laughs) Did John Kerry just say saving the world is a business opportunity? So if Kerry's wrong and the world doesn't need saving, is it still a business opportunity? But if you say Kerry might be wrong, that's disinformation because it threatens his business opportunity, don't you see? So you either shut your mouth, don't ask any questions, or the FBI is going to have a word. (laughs) Why would we even doubt Kerry, even if he got his facts wrong? Kerry's a man with a facelift who married a ketchup heiress. He's got it figured out. He must know how to improve our lives. He improved his. Nah. Carrie's improving his life at the expense of yours. This is about extracting humanity from the human race. This is about wrestling control of the land, sea, and air away from you. So they can make you dependent on their food grown in their labs. Put you in their cars. Make you take their drugs. Submit to their machines. They're putting the human spirit out of business. And they're right. It's a great business opportunity. It's vulture capitalism. They're preying on our bodies and won't be satisfied until they've picked our carcass clean. We were told the New World Order was just a conspiracy theory. Mind control, disinformation police, food and viruses from a lab. So Primetime's now decided next year we're taking the show to Davos. We have to see this thing in person. Wow. 
You know, I I didn't hear the whole. I had never heard the whole thing, and uh, I knew it was pretty good. And I was going to play the first couple of minutes. I played the whole thing. Um, that was pretty impressive, uh, I have to say. Disease X. That's another little hoax. Let's take a listen to uh, this guy. Uh, this guy is Dr. David Martin. Uh, we played him uh, when he was over in the European Union, and he went through the whole diatribe of COVID and and everything about it from a scientific perspective. And this guy is just absolutely brilliant, and he's not been contested. Everything he says is, is uh, legit. And... Uh, it sounds, you know, so let's just take a listen. This is a three-minute clip. This is by uh, Dr. David Martin, and he's talking about disease X. Because, uh, frankly, I don't even know what they're really, when they say disease X, I really, up until this point, didn't know exactly what they were talking about. I didn't know, A, it was a placeholder, and B, uh, he gets into this a little bit. And so this is going to be a learning experience for all of us. Okay, let's take a listen. Remember that disease X, which you've heard about in the news in the last several days, is actually a branded derivative of a thing that was already a tabletop exercise called Cladex, which actually predates the event 201 for coronavirus. But if you go back and you look at Cladex, you'll realize that Cladex is not just the brand name of a uh, tabletop exercise, which was funded by Dustin Moskowitz, the co-founder of Facebook, and the one who has been the ghost checkwriter behind all of the actions recently. It's important for you to realize that that Cladex is actually not only the tabletop ch- exercise, but it's actually a venture partnership between Moskowitz and the Wellcome Trust. And the Wellcome Trust, for people not familiar with this, is one of the oldest criminal organizations in in the in operation in the world. Um, the Wellcome Trust is also known as the the uh, the one of the. By the way, the Wellcome Trust is spelled with two L's. Welcome has two L's in it. If you're looking that up, largest charitable foundations of the UK that, in partnership with the Rockefeller Foundation, by 1924. We're the ones that collectively put in motion the process which came to 1944 and the proposal to fund the World Health Organization, which, in fact, they then funded so that they could actually get absolute immunity, as I've pointed out in many of my presentations in Europe. The fact of the matter is what they're doing in Davos is actually the dry run of the Cladex exercise to get ready for the passage of the IHR, World Health Organization Treaty, reform, which is intended to take over a supra-sovereignty on any declared emergency, which is the reason why my organization continues to maintain vigilance on all the 64 scheduled and funded pathogens that are in the queue for release against humanity. And that list I have gone over in many presentations. I'm not going to bore everybody on this call, but the fact of the matter is what's happening in Davos right now is the planning phase, not unlike the Bretton Woods Summit was in 1944, July of 1944, when Bretton Woods set in motion all this nonsense. The fact of the matter is what they're doing right now is they're planning the sequence of events where they can actually cascade another terror campaign, which then triggers not only the need for allegedly another medical countermeasure, 
But it also this time is going to involve the other piece that they failed to achieve with the COVID campaign, which is the eradication of cash based transactions in commercial interaction, because it turns out that one of the things that they desperately need to do is to make sure that they have central control on the flow of value exchange and the mapping of the networks associated with that. And because of that, it's critical that they plan better than they did with COVID because they blundered their way into COVID. And unfortunately, they did not do the full control takeover that they wanted, which is exactly what is on the agenda for Davos this week. Scary stuff, right? This is what we're up against, folks. This is for real. This is real. So let's take a listen to uh, another, uh, this is another Jesse Waters, but this one's shorter. This one is about exposing Fannie Willis's dirty lover. I love it. Let's take a listen. Fannie Willis down in Georgia, Fulton County. Uh, let's take a listen. Fannie Willis's lover boy, Nathan Wade, might be the hardest working lawyer in America. Nathan allegedly billed taxpayers for 24 hours of work on the Trump Georgia case <clears throat> in a single day. That means Nathan was working all day and all night on Fannie's case. What would Loverboy be working on past midnight? He wouldn't be billing Fannie. No, he couldn't be. I'm sure he was just burning the midnight oil at the <laughs> office. Loverboy's billed nearly 700 grand. Is he making more than the lawyers who aren't sleeping with Fannie? Is he making more because he's more qualified than they are? Or is the lover just working harder? Let's ask Fannie. I appointed three special counsel as is my right to do. Paid them all the same hourly rate. They only attacked one. False Fannie, we have the docs. You're paying lover boy a half a million more than the other prosecutors, and he's billing $100 more an hour. So what are the lover boy's credentials anyway? God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials? Is it that some will never see a black man as qualified, no matter his achievements? What more can one achieve? Well, the race card isn't going to get you out of this one, Fanny. We found Loverboy's resume. Impeccable? Not a word I'd use to describe Nathan Wade's <laughs> credentials. Some of his highest profile cases involve car accidents. Loverboy represented a lady who was rear-ended by a beer truck. He tried getting her 300 grand for emotional and physical damages, but the case was dismissed. Loverboy's a piranha in small claims court. He represented an electronics store who claimed the customer owed him 11 grand for some speakers. Wade won that one. And his biggest court victory of all time, Nathan Wade helped two people get their names changed. But Nathan does his best work with paternity cases. If you are not the father, you call 1-800-LOVERBOY, and your child support payments will disappear faster than Hunter's. <laughs> Loverboy is like the black Ken Starr with a gun, although he doesn't have Ken Starr's ethics. We just found out Nathan Wade admitted to destroying documents in a previous case. So maybe Fanny's right. Maybe her lover is perfectly qualified for the Trump case. That's pretty rich. Uh, that's good.
Governor Brian Kemp rejects investigating Fannie Willis's alleged romantic relationship with top Trump prosecutor Nathan Wade. Brian Kemp appointed Scott McAfee, McAfee to be the Fulton County Superior Court judge one month before the Trump indictment. Scott McAfee once worked under Fannie Willis and his wife, Daniel McAfee, Dan- Danielle McAfee, donated to Fannie Willis's 2020 election. Talk about conflict of interest. This is how the swamp works, especially in Georgia. How do you like them apples? So do you think Trump's going to get a fair shake in Fulton County? I doubt it. And in fact, the uh, judge just ruled negative, uh, against Trump in some some uh, ruling uh in Georgia. Uh, I don't know the specifics of that. There was some new breaking news uh, over at revolver.news.com or no, it's just revolver.news on the, on the internet. And it's about the FBI cover up of the J five bombers, the J six. Well, they have new video that was released by Tom Massey and Tom Massey representative Tom Massey released this footage uh, of some very unusual, suspicious behavior between FBI and Secret Service related to the pipe bomb and the real footage of the planning of the bomb. We now know that they have the video footage that they're not releasing it. And they allowed people to walk by the bomb that they knew was there uh, resident, you know, pedestrians, they didn't show any concern whatsoever that the pipe bomb was going to be a, of danger. So, the, you know, so this footage leaves a lot of explaining to do. So look into that. That's a new revelation that just came out yesterday. So not only is Scott Kirby, now who's Scott Kirby? Scott Kirby is the CEO of United Airlines. He's also a drag queen and has been incorporating drag into United with, along with his DEI nonsense. Not only is Scott Kirby a bad drag queen and a DEI nut job, but he's also getting sued for attempting to purge religious orthodoxy at United after instituting one of the most draconian uh, job mandates in the nation. Those who didn't comply, or it says jab mandates, those who didn't comply were either fired or eventually placed on leave and stripped of their medical benefits. Yeah, so... So he had, he had met, you know, you had to get the jab during COVID, but they have huge, they're, they're, I mean, the thing about it is with regard to flying, DEI is not the place for pilots, right? I mean, come on, give me a break, but that they're doing. And there's a video of this guy dancing like a freakazoid. The CEO of United is in drag in public outside in a park along with other trannies just doing some show. I mean, unbelievable. 
it's like, why can't we just get normal people to be serious about things for once? Jeez. There's so many better options out there to run a company, especially one that involves life and death, like a, like an airline. I mean, come on. Is it me? The Fed's flagged Americans banks. Okay, so this is kind of like something that uh, the weapons, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. The Fed's flagged Americans bank records for purchases involving MAGA, Trump, Bible, and Bass Pro Shop. The FBI is the Stasi, the American Stasi. The country cannot, this country cannot continue with this level of political weaponization to fund the FBI. Don't buy them a new building. That's There's an article over at Daily Wire. Feds flag terms like Trump, MAGA for banks to comb through uh, customer data. Of course, you get uh, Christopher Ray up there and he'll deny everything. So this guy, Rob Rollman, says, it was obvious to me It was obvious to me when I was working for the DOJ from 1988 to 2010 that the FBI was being seeded with political operatives during the Clinton and Obama years. I watched a special class of eight agents go through the FBI Academy in 1994 who had all failed their background investigations, but whom the Obama White House had demanded be hired. Some of the FBI instructors were... Uh, there had told me, and this is this guy named Rob Rolliman, Rolliman, R-H-O-L-I-M-A-N, had demanded he uh, be hired. Some of the FBI instructors that had told this guy, uh, they had been warned against flunking any of them out for anything. That was the start of the politicization of, politic, the politicization of the FBI. You ever have like these, that's one of the words I could always seem to have trouble saying, politicization. Uh, no, it's true. It's true. So, so someone says, I'll take things that never happened for 100, right? And he says, no, it's true. I went to work as, as an FBI agent in 1988, class number NAC 88-9. Then I switched over to the DEA in 1991, class number BA-80. Then I spent six months at the FBI Academy in 1994 as agent counselor for a DEA class. At this point, the DEA and FBI were at the same campus and used the same facilities. Now the DEA has their own academy next door to the FBI Academy. Why would you think it uh, wouldn't be true? So this guy's basically proving himself, right? And these other people are like, uh, in disbelief, like, I don't believe you. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. The the, the liberals will just say, if if it's right there in their, their face, they'll just choose not to, to believe it. I don't believe you. You know, that kind of thing. So there's this thing that was put up. It says, just snap this pick. This is the state of obsolence, uh, obsolence. Absolute. Oh, this is the state of absolute insanity happening at our airports. 
Okay, so this guy took a picture of non-U.S. citizen document validation using CBP-1 technology, which is an app that basically streamlines motor voter motor vote motor voter registration for illegals and then that gets them a ballot and then the ballot harvester picks it up they fill it out just like vladimir putin said happened and the the ballot harvesters get paid a certain amount of money to fill out these ballots drop them off in the drop box anonymously with a mask on in the name of covid and they have 60 days sometimes at least 30 days to drop them off, fill them out and drop them off. And then they get counted after the night's results are in. And, uh, and then what, whatever's needed is brought in through a truck in the middle of the night as they stop counting votes. That's what happened in 2020. But we're supposed to think that, you know. And so then if you complain about it, you end up like incarcerated for a couple of years at like J6ers uh, because they'll actually... in, in uh, Fed's erection, they'll inv- invade your own uh, rally to try to entrap you. That's all that happened here. This is the state of so, so it says here, I'm in the pre-TSA line where migrants don't have to have an ID to get through security, and it's their choice whether they want their picture taken. There is a plan to destroy. There is a plan to destroy America. That's uh, Dave Rubin, who uh, is pretty good. You know, I like I like Dave Dave Rubin, the Rubin Report. Um, all right, so mass invasion of a country. Here's a meme. Mass invasion of a country is an act of war. Okay. A government failing to protect a country is an act of treason. Do you agree? I agree. All right, let's take a listen to this. This is about uh, Nikki Haley. This was an exchange that uh, Tucker Carlson had. Um, Let's take a listen to this. He he calls Nikki Haley on there, right? Nikki Haley running with Trump? Oh, that was a joke. You know, that's so grotesque that I've got to think people who support Trump currently would come out against Trump vehemently. You know what someone said to me recently? Do you think that's real? I think there's a push for it. I think the push from for whom? it is real. From her people. You know what someone said to me, though? Very, very recently, and we said on the show, they said it was Richard Barris. He does People's Pundit, and he said, full credit, he said, they will install her. They will try to install her as VP so they can take out Trump. Of course. Are you? There's. For, I, mean, I was about to say there's no one more sinister than Nikki Haley, but that's giving her credit for existing, which I don't think she actually does. I mean, but I think Nikki Haley is a hologram. I mean, she's not – Nikki Haley is just a physical representation of the lust for power of the oligarch class. It's just yes. like if Ken Griffin you know, had a sock puppet, it would be Nikki Haley. I mean it's like the most dis- – why is Nikki Haley even in the race? She's Her views bear no resemblance to the views of Republican primary voters, none. She's totally for the BLM riot. She's totally for the tranny insanity. And she's for declaring war on half the world. You know, I honestly think if you said to Nikki Haley, you know, she's – whatever, I got her positions now. But if you said to Nikki Haley, look, I have a lot of money, like for real, got $100 billion, and I'll give you a third of it to come out and attack Israel, there's no question that she would. I mean, this is a person- She would just turn around, just on a dime like that. You know, I've really thought about it, and I think that Benjamin Netanyahu is the you know greatest threat to world peace, and I think, honestly, we should take their nuclear weapons away. Maybe we invade Israel because they're a threat to national security. I think she'd be saying stuff like that if you paid her enough. No, you'd be cool. 
All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a caller. Let's uh, let's uh, see what we can do here. Whoops. Okay. All right, caller, you're on the air. This is, uh, I guess, Rob from uh, Utah, right? Yes, sir. Good morning. How are you? Right. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty great. I, I mean, how do we? I mean, you you have to stop. You have to defund this. That's the only way you're going to stop these people. I mean, I'm watching this stuff and these people in Davos. I mean, they're who gave them the right to control me with all their thoughts and their what they want to do to us. <laughs> I mean, I mean. There's no other way to stop all this insanity unless you defund it. I mean, Rand Paul himself was just on the news this morning on that national desk, and he, uh, you know, you're talking about Nikki Haley. Yeah, she's part of the Mitch McConnell uh, war machine. She's that she's that branch of the Republican government, and I, you know, I mean, we just got to be able to stop this. I mean. I mean, it's insanity. They're not going to, I mean, even, what is his name? Jamie Dimon of Chase Bank. He came out and he was saying how the Democrats are, you know, not, uh, they should stop calling MAGA Republicans this and that. But where was he a couple months back when all this is going on? You know, I mean... I, I, what do you think? Do you think he's just changing his tune now because he's thinking the American people are going to, you know, put Trump in, in the White House and things are going to shift in whichever the way the wind blows this guy? No, I mean, uh, I, I think he had to speak his truth, but uh, I think I think he was speaking the truth. That doesn't mean he's going to vote for uh, Donald Trump. Um, you know, nevertheless, I mean, Charlemagne the God just came out and said he's never seen anything like it. But people were calling into Charlemagne the, the God's show saying this migration is killing us in New York, you know, because, you know, what Abbott did, you know, which is kind of clever. Uh, Chicago's dealing with it. And Chicago, New York's dealing with it. A lot of different places are dealing with it. Now that it's on their doorstep, they don't like it. You know, in their sanctuary cities, they voted this crap in, right? So, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that when you start to win over these liberal voices, you start to, I, I have people in my mind that I know, listen to CNN, whatever, and I, I, I relish that because when they get a dose of, uh, of the other, you know, of the uh, other talking point, it starts to wake them up because they're drinking the Kool-Aid up until this point. It's starting to just, you know, the dam is starting to break and it's starting to seep out into the mainstream media. And I think these libtards that have been watching CNN and MSNBC for too long are starting to get a dose of reality. But we're up against the hard break. So uh, thank you take for calling care. in. All right. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Have a great day. Uh, all right. You too. All right, so that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you would like to uh, help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Also, use Red State over at MyPillow.com, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Today.